Irving working on Thomas. Gets around him. Up under and in. Oh, what a move for Kyrie Irving. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome into the Up and Under podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Joined with me, as always, it's Zeeshan. What's good? All right, man. It's been a it's been a minute since we uh, we last put up an episode, but I swear, man, a lot of shit went down from the last time you heard from us. And honestly, we're in the month of March. It's the month that honest that is, I guess, the most boring month because everyone's just ready for the playoffs yeah. at this point. At this point, it's just all prepping for the playoffs. Like, I mean, the like trade the, deadline's passed. Like, the exciting part is over. Yeah, the bio market is done. Yeah, yeah like, so... so with that in mind, for this episode, we're going to be talking about the Eastern Conference. We're going to be talking about the, the top of the Eastern Conference, the race that's being held against the top four teams up in the conference. And we're going to give our thoughts on each team and make their case for who's in the come as out well of the East. As well as the Western Conference, we're going to give our takes on uh, who are the second best team in the West after Golden State, because we know Golden State's the best team. Yep. So, yeah. And, uh, of course, we're going to end off with the Up and Under segment, as always. Um, and yeah, man, I think it's just fitting. We just jump right into this shit. So Eastern Conference, there are arguably at this point four teams who legitimately, now that LeBron's gone, has a shot to win the to get to the NBA Finals. And those are the Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors, Philadelphia 76ers, and the Boston Celtics. We would have put the Indiana Pacers in this conversation. Unfortunately, Victor Oladipo suffered that uh, terrible injury. I mean, did we really think Indiana was going to be that good, though? I thought they would have been competitive, to be quite honest. Competitive. Like, I like thought, not, like, not like not they would have been a tough out. Like, I think we can put them in this conversation that they could legitimately make it to the conference finals. But yeah. this season, it, it doesn't look likely. And, you know, so we're down to four teams. So let's start off with Milwaukee. The number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Currently, at the time of this recording, have a 50-17 and 17 51, record. 51-17. 51. Yeah. My bad. Uh, they are currently the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Number one seed in the NBA, actually. Uh, and honestly, they've been playing their best basketball. There are 8-3 and three versus the top four teams of... Or the top three other teams of the East. So, Toronto, Boston, Philly. They're 8-3 and three against them. So, they're not only beating down on good teams. They're beating down... They're beating the good... They're being the good... Wait, what did I say? I said they're not only beating on the bad teams, is what I meant. They're being the good teams as well. So, I think that shows you that, like, unlike last year where Milwaukee was kind of iffy, this year they're really putting a stamp on uh, the rest of the league that, you know, they're legit this year and they actually have, like, championship aspirations. Yeah, and I think a major reason for that is Giannis. He's playing at an MVP level. He looks unstoppable at this point. Literally, like, if you... And the way the Bucks play with all the shooters surrounding him, it's almost impossible for, for people to guard for guard them on the other end. Listen to this. They're first in defensive ring and third in offensive ring. So top three in both offensive and defensive ring. That's, that's crazy. That's insane. And that's, that's the that's thing. That's insane. We're com- this is coming from Raptors fans who are actually used to having a team in top five in offense and defense over the last few years. But the Bucks are top well, three. Well, top ten, not top well, five. Well, we, last year we were top five. But either way... Top three in offense and defense. That means that they're not only outscoring teams, but they're also playing hard on the on the defensive end to make sure that no team can ever score any bucket on them. And that- yeah, so pretty much throughout history, if you were top five in offense and defense, you were pretty much uh, winning the championship. Uh, except for like last year where uh, Toronto happened. 
And then 2016, where Cleveland wasn't a top uh, defensive team. They still had a pretty good defense, if I'm not mistaken, in 2016. But they weren't, like, top defensive. Yeah. And they still won because, like, they had LeBron. So, yeah. And, like like I said, like the Bucs are just shooting better. Like, offensively, uh, like, they're second in the league in field goal percentage. They're second in threes. They're first in the league in rebounding. And they're second in true shooting percentage. They're just shooting. They're scoring at an all-time high. And yeah. I think... Uh, with Mike, with Coach Budenholzer coming in, surrounding Giannis with the four shooters, it's working. It's it's what they should have done from time, but like this year, they finally built the team correctly. Um, they got a proven uh, good coach and Coach Budenholzer over guys like uh, Jason Kidd and Joe Pronti. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think we're just seeing. Obviously, they got a few better pieces. Um. Eric Bledsoe is having his best season yet. Uh, Chris Middleton is obviously he was an all-star. all-star. Uh, they got mid-season acquisitions of uh, Nikola Mirotic, which is a big one. And Pau and Gasol, Pau Gasol. For, for veteran, yeah, veteran, for veteran leadership. leadership. So I think, obviously, they made minor uh, changes to their roster, added minor pieces. But for the most part, it was just using... Oh, and also they added Brooke Lopez this year, which is a big um, thing. Brooke Lopez is... He's impressed me a lot. Yeah. Like, when you see this guy, a seven-footer, hitting step-backs like he's Steph Curry... Uh, like, to go from arguably oh, the man. best post-up player in the league to adapting his game to fit the three-point style of the league. And like, stuff. now he's one of the best shooting big men you're going to find. Like, you exactly. cannot leave him open on three. Exactly. So, I think, obviously, they've had their roster acquisitions, but um, a lot of it's also just because of simple coaching changes, um, good philosophies, and, uh, yeah, just in general, putting the four shooters around Giannis, and also um, having it so that not only are they a great offensive threat with the four shooters, but on defense too, all all of those shooters are all good defenders as well, minus yeah. like Brooke Lopez. But they have Brooke length. Lo- yeah, that's they the have, biggest thing. Length and size. Thing. Like those, there's a lot of like their their players are yeah. big. They can all shoot, but they all have size too, so they can all switch everything. Mm-hmm. They have a great defense, and that makes it tough for like smaller teams like Toronto, for instance, who who ha- typically have trouble guarding the three, and not to mention struggle when they have a longer and taller team that they're playing up against. Exactly. Um, the only uh, question about the Bucks is, uh, can they sustain this in the playoffs? Obviously, Milwaukee hasn't won a playoffs series in, what, how many years? I don't know how long it's been. Mm. Since, like, Ray Allen. I'm Probably. Sure. I think that's yeah, the last yeah. time they won. Since Ray Allen, uh, what was it, 2001, right? I, I think when they... It's, it was a long time ago. It was 2001. I'm I remember sure. hearing it was Ray Allen. Last yeah, time Ray Allen yeah, was on the sure Bucks. I'm pretty sure it was 2001 when... Um, uh, Ray Allen was on the team. Yeah, when Ray Allen was on the team. So I think there's questions about if they are proven enough. However, uh, I think... I don't know. They've been to the playoffs a few times already. So I think but, at some point you got to break through. But I really feel that experience is key. Now, obviously, you know... We can say the same thing about the 2016 Raptors who made it to the conference finals. They never won a playoff series before that, but then they won three playoff series in that season. But two. Yeah, two, sorry. I wish three. But, uh, you know, it's my big. that's my biggest concern with the Bucks. Just everyone's hyping them up that, okay, yeah, they're going to make it to the conference finals. But I truly believe that experience is one of the biggest assets, especially in the postseason. And that's why Greg Popovich 
always finds a way to get his team playing well in the postseason because they know what it takes to play at that level. And we all, we're talking about how good the Bucks are because of they ha- the fact that they have all these amazing role players to surround Giannis. Yep. But I think in the playoffs is where talent really shows because you game plan all the time in the playoffs. So the point of the game plan is to take away all your strengths. And, of course, who, which players, if, if you're not, like, you know, all talent level, then obviously in the playoffs when people are game playing for you, your play is going to go down. Uh, especially, like, what's the biggest thing about role players that on the road they don't play as well? Time Put that in on the road and for the playoffs too. Um, I think we're, we might see some uh, difficulties with some of the role players. But let's be real here. This Bucks team is just Giannis and everyone else. Everything goes through Giannis exactly. on this team. So if so, if the let's say the shooters, for instance, aren't playing, aren't shooting the ball well, aren't hitting exactly. their shots, the defenses can just key in on Giannis. And as good as Giannis may be, if you play good defenders like Kawhi Leonard, or if you play Pascal, like the, Siakam. Pascal Siakam, or even like some of the, the guys in the Sixers, they have a Simmons well, yeah, and B. Ben Simmons on him. Yeah. You uh, can put, also, I think um, one of the things that was successful, if you saw the Celtics in the playoffs, was putting Al Horford on Ben Simmons and Giannis. That was really successful successful for the Celtics. And the Raptors have a counter with Serge Ibaka exactly. if they ever want to use him. Exactly. For the main part, because Al Horford is quick enough to defend them. He's long enough. And he can. he's a good defender as well. And he can, because ben, guys like Ben Simmons and Giannis aren't shooters, um, he can stay home on the paint and defend shots at, on, in the paint as well. So I think um, if you can if you can stay home on all the shooters and find a way to even slow down Giannis, I think he'll have a. a or honestly, I time. would even say like the the biggest thing for the Bucks is let Giannis beat you, like exactly. take away all the shooters. Exactly. Let Giannis let Giannis drop forty, but at the end of the day, we've seen one man cannot uh, win 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 a series we've unless it's LeBron. Unless but, it's LeBron. But yeah. But we will see. Literally, the Bucks really have only one weakness so far we've seen, and that's their big men on defense, like so, the, yeah, like Brook Lopez, uh, Nikola Mirotic. So uh, I think Ersan. I saw I saw um, a detail on this as well. So I think like one of their their main uh, way you can exploit their defense is, um, and I, I think a lot of teams have been starting to do as well, uh, run pick and pops on with their. Big men, so like yeah. a one-five pick and pop, for example. Because the thing is, if you if you try and roll on them, obviously they have guys like Giannis mm-hmm. um, who can block shots in the paint. But if you find a way to leave their big men in space where you can have uh, your big man just be able to shoot from mid-range from three, um, guys like Brook Lopez and stuff can't defend in space. Mm-hmm. They need uh, their help when yeah. defending in space. So I think if you can find a way to isolate them, then you, it's, I don't know, it's a good strategy. Yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, if we're looking at just regular season, the Bucks legitimately have a good shot at making it to the conference finals. Um, finals, to be honest. Yeah, and the and the finals. But we again, like, I'm skeptical. I need to see them prove themselves in the first round and actually win a playoff series before I can. I think they'll win the first round for sure. But um, wait, we'll see. Know. Second round is where things get interesting yeah. with four good teams mm-hmm. especially if they see Boston or Philadelphia yeah. in the second round exactly. it might not be as easy as everyone says Boston, it's going to be Boston to be honest I'd like to see Loki Boston might be able to beat Milwaukee I, we, <laughs> I, I, I think we'll get into Boston yeah. but uh, I mean like the Bucks are a good team and 
like like everyone else on this list, they deserve a shot at, at the conference finals. All right, moving on to the second seed, uh, the Toronto Raptors as well. They're 48 and 20 as of right now, and they're second in the conference. Should be 50 wins, but you know. Yeah, you know whatever. some bad losses to the freaking Cavs and the freaking Pistons and yeah. oh my god. So they're they are currently sixth in offensive rating right now and third and seventh in defensive rating. So they are top ten, mm-hmm. um, in both sides of the ball. But we they're have not to, top five. But we have to keep in mind that Kawhi they've been rattled with injuries. Like the Raptors, they've been had, rattled with injuries. They've haven't they've brought in a bunch of new pieces. Mm-hmm, new pieces. And literally, they've used 18 different starting lineups this yeah, entire exactly. season. So, like, honestly, it's just it's about just getting through the regular season. Grand Pretty so. much. And I think the biggest thing for Toronto is that Kawhi Leonard is well rested and he's healthy. Yeah. I think. I mean, you as fans, you know, we hate it when we hear load management yeah, for Kawhi yeah. Leonard. But at the end of the day, as long as this guy is healthy, playing in April and May. I think as Raptors fans, like this, this is what we want. We want exactly. a healthy team exactly. in the playoffs, and we want and Kawhi Leonard at his best is a really good player. Yeah. So he's 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 healthy, and that's a good thing. Lowry is playing his best basketball in the month of March. He's been outstanding. Um, Pascal, Pascal. Yeah. Pascal. I mean, like, what hasn't been said about this guy? Exactly. He's, just give him the most improved player award. Exactly. This guy exactly. is. Um, crazy. Also, uh, on the trade deadline, they added Marcus Gasol, and then they also um, got Jeremy Lin off the buyout market, which have been uh, good additions, especially uh, Marcus Gasol giving them another, um, like, you know, passing attack, mm-hmm. uh, being able to pass from the center position, as well as the scoring yeah. and rebounding. And, and uh, it will get defense. better. Like, from what we see right now, like, it's a little bit shaky, and that's to be understood. I mean, it's literally a team throw- just put together the trade deadline. They have yeah. to... Mesh, get some chemistry going. And, and as uh, well with uh, Jeremy Lin, uh, by signing Jeremy Lin off the bio market, which was a good move, uh, especially because Fred Van Vliet went down. And yeah, that was down. unfortunate. Yeah, that was unfortunate. So now at least you have that backup point mm-hmm. guard. And then when Fred Van Vliet comes back, hopefully you guys, like, they can figure it out and figure out the rotations yeah. and chemistry. Uh, and I think the biggest thing for the Raptors heading into the playoffs is will the role players be able to step up and hit threes? That's the biggest thing. That's that's been a problem for the Raptors all this season. season. All season. Um, I don't know if you if you've watched any Raptors games. Um, that the times that they usually win is when they can hit their threes, mm-hmm. and then all the losses they've had is when they've had struggles from. Them. Literally, if the Raptors as a team shoot over thirty five percent in the game, they win the game. Exactly. They they they're super like. I think a recent example I can bring up is that Miami game. Exactly. The game against the Miami. Miami Heat. to Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. Literally. Miami, they shot. It was a back to back. Yeah, but granted, they shot very well against Miami. They were and they destroyed them. And they they destroyed them. It, it was it, and they, then they handled they break Miami. a bunch of shots against Cleveland, and they got destroyed by Cleveland. Yeah. So I mean, it's also just like overall, just scoring off the bench. Like the team is looking for a, a guy who can create. Now Pascal being moved to the starting lineup really left a hole in the bench unit that nobody can really be a go-to scorer for them. Exactly. Now, Fred Van Vliet was starting to pick it up and starting to be that guy to yeah. to generate the offense, but unfortunately, he went down. I, so Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, like, obviously, they're very... They're all solid. They're all solid mm-hmm. playmakers, defenders, etc. But the thing is, in the playoffs, when it the defense tightens up and when every game goes down to a wire, you're going to need a guy that can get you buckets exactly. on the bench. Exactly. Not only in the starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it's more about just figuring it out. Um, I know, Yeah, I think another thing that Nick Nurse has to deal with is uh, who's going to be cut out of the rotation. 
So obviously they're running like 10, 11 guys right now, pretty much. Um, yeah, I'd say in the playoffs, around nine the, or ten. Yeah, in the playoffs, you're gonna have to figure it out. Well, ten right was a nine or ten right now. Well, I mean, now that they have injuries, like, yeah, it's, it's really Lee, it's no. really tough yeah, to, exactly. to predict. Exactly. Uh, um, I think. Well, I mean, if I'm being honest, one guy that might be cut off the rotation would probably be Norman Powell. I th- here's my thing. I don't I think, think it, he can get. Spot I feel minutes, like it might be. I, don't, I, I don't feel like it might be Patrick McCall. Okay, Patrick McCall for sure, probably. Even though he's been playing really well, but I, I just think that Norman is a bigger guy, and his defense is. Well, I mean, so is Patrick McCall. I mean, like both of them could be interchangeable. I really like Norman think Norman Powell has more uh, offensive game. I think that's, it's that's, it's one of those. Norman Powell can handle the ball, but so can Patrick McCall. It's literally those two guys are very. Interchangeable. It just depends on who's feeling it that night. I think you play him. I think obviously the minutes are gonna go down for guys like Jeremy Lin and mm-hmm. stuff as well. Uh, but I think I don't know. I think you can run possibly nine guys, uh, but with like spot minutes, not not on a consistent basis. Which I think will probably happen to guys like if I'm being honest, like probably like Norman Powell, mm. probably Patrick McCall. Yeah, it just yeah, like, it depends really. Like it, de- yeah. it it depends on the matchup, depends on the lineup. But like, yeah, that's something Nick Nurse will have to consider. Like, who's like he will he shorten his rotation? Because yeah. Dwayne Casey, I think, didn't do that last season. He didn't shorten his rotation. Yeah, shorten it, and then it just became like. But then the bench the didn't produce well in the yeah. playoffs, and we saw against Cleveland how because the bench didn't do so well, the Raptors got swept in that series. So. Um, Raptors still have a few spots open. I think today they signed uh, Eric Moreland, who's a power forward. He played with uh, Detroit and yeah. I think LA, if I'm not mistaken, the Clippers. Um, yeah. So they signed him pr- pretty much as like depth because Ibaka got suspended oh, for man. three games. Oh, what a guy. <laughs> Yo, Yo man. this man has one fight every year. Look, after. I'm telling you one thing. That was all Marquise Chris's fault. He was a dumbass. Like you're Dude, a shit. Marquise Chris is always starting some shit. Like you're a shit player. You're talking shit to Ibaka when you literally just was holding his hand. Fam, Marquise Chris ball. is always starting stuff okay. every who, single time. Okay, let's not talk about that yeah. guy. Uh, but either way, Did you see also uh, the fact that Ibaka got um, suspended. That costed him like I don't know how much money, but then it also saved a bunch of money for Raptors. Yeah, so, it's like, like four hundred twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Man's on, man's on Twitter like, oh, Masai Ujiri probably told Ibaka to start a fight <laughs> so they can save some money. <laughs> hey, man, whatever whatever works. I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, the Raptors do have a couple of spots that they can fill. I mean, we'll see what happens at this point. I think a little bit of extra depth wouldn't, wouldn't hurt, but we'll have to see. Nick Young. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, like, that just leads me to their biggest weakness, and it's been that all season. It's shooting. The Raptors like we said, can dominate any team when they shoot above 35%. And literally, there's more days than not where you wish the Raptors would have more guys step up and be better shooters. Like, we can't have Danny Green and Kyle Lowry be our only two shooters. Exactly. Like, and, like, Fred Van Vliet. And Van Vliet. Like, we need other other uh, other shooters. And if that means signing a guy like Nick Young, so hey, be Nick, it. We saw Nick Young for the Golden State Warriors last year, how, how good he was for them. Honestly, like... And this is what I mean. Like, I was very upset. Like, I, I wouldn't say upset. I was just a little disappointed that we wrapped tra- the away CJ Miles. I mean, I didn't care. He, was a, he wasn't hitting his shots, shot. but he's still a threat. And that still creates okay, spacing for thing, guys like Leonard. Okay, but the thing is, too, he was a garbage defender, too. So, it's like, if you're not making your so shots... So Nick Young. Okay. He's not, I, it's not the greatest I take Nick Young, seeing him play defense last year, I take Nick Young over CJ Miles. 
Nah. Honest fact. You're just pissed at that. That whole CJ Miles Kevin Love thing has been in your head okay, all the time. Well, you blame me? Okay, like, oh, yeah. Man. Okay, anyways, uh, another thing I think for Raptors also they have to fix up is rebounding, which I don't think they can really fix up because they don't have the like people for uh, the I mean, like, issue. that's where you just missed uh, Valanciunas because he was a like their their number one rebounder. I mean, you make up. I mean, Gasol is doing good Gasol. on rebounding, but he, that's not all what he does. He's not. He's not a better rebounder than Valanciunas. And also, besides him, I don't think there's anybody else that really gets rebounds. Ibaka, I don't know. This guy can't catch the ball for his life off a of rebound. Pascal Siakam is sick, so he's not gonna get. Well, Pascal grabs rebounds, but he's more like worried about getting on the break. Yeah. So I mean, it is what it is. I mean. The Raptors rebounding, yeah, it's a big thing, but... Yeah, so pretty much just overall lack of big man depth. Um, so, like, solid, like... Yeah, they don't yeah. have a they don't have a third guy. Yeah. Behind Gasol and Ibaka, they, I think they need a third yeah. guy. They need a uh, third guy. And also, I like Chris Boucher, but yeah. <laughs> the man is too thin. Too paper thin, I bro. Know. So, overall, I think consistency is what's going to determine the playoff success, how good they are on, like... You know, yeah, I mean, if the Raptors minutes. put up a consistent effort... They can they 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 can literally beat any team, yeah. but we'll see what happens with the Raptors. Next up, let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Currently, they are at the time of this recording the third seed in the Eastern Conference. Forty-three and twenty-five record. Yep, yeah. they are forty-three and twenty-five. The Sixers have had a very strange season. They're currently uh, statistically the tenth in offensive 12. rating. They dropped to 12th Oh, they now. dropped the 12th. Yep, 12th in but offensive they moved, rating. They moved up to 8th in defensive rating. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also 9th in 3-point uh, percentage, which um, for them is pretty good, honestly. Uh, like yeah. Guys like Embiid and Simmons be able to create. Yeah, and most of it, most of like the weirdness I was talking about the Sixers was due to just their how their roster changed from the beginning of the season to where they are now. Exactly. Now, they added Tobias Harris at the trade deadline. Jimmy Butler, we saw, added them, added him earlier in the year to give their team a very impressive starting starting lineup. They also added uh, James Ennis, Jonathan Simmons, Mike Scott, and Boban. Boban, you know, the GOAT. Yeah. They added all of them at the trade deadline as well to give them more depth to bolster, uh, you know, to, to make up for, like, Robert Covington and... Um, yep. Robert coming and Dario Saric. Dario's. And, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but uh, another big thing oh, for the and Sixers. Oh, Landry Shamet. Oh, man. That's, Yo, he's like, balling for the yeah, Clippers. No, though. that's that's why they needed some shooting after they traded him. Because outside of Landry Shamet, JJ Redick, there was no capable three-point shooters, and we saw how that worked out for Philly last year when they got Marco Bellinelli and uh, Ersan Ilyasova. They went to the next to another level just because of their yeah. Shooters. I mean, another big thing for the Sixers is that Joel Embiid. He was a bit banged up after the All-Star break, so he took some games off. But now he's currently back and is looking very healthy. He's playing, and this season he's been playing at an All-NBA all level. I mean, he's been phenomenal this season, and Joel Embiid's a big part of their team. Um, I think the biggest thing for them is uh, chemistry and their lack of defined roles. And we've seen uh, issues with Brett Brown and his coaching in the playoffs. So uh, it remains to be seen how that's going to work out. With, I mean, the main thing with chemistry of, is yeah. that... On top of all the X's and O's for Brett Brown to manage all those, uh, yeah, like you know, I was just getting O's. into that. Like the, the the like look at this. Their, their starting five is uh, Ben Simmons at the point guard, JJ Redick, Jimmy Butler, or Tobi- Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. Uh, three out of those five guys need the ball in their hands, exactly. and I'm talking about Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, and Joel Embiid. Exactly. There's only one basketball, so and a lot of these guys are big personalities. Joel Embiid, we've seen, gets very volatile. Uh, Jimmy Butler, we've very, very clearly seen how when he's not happy, he'll let you know. 
And Ben Simmons. I and mean, I don't think I don't think Tobias Harris is gonna be a problem. But no, Tobias no. But the thing is also um, maybe internally, you know, him him getting the ball all season, almost playing up an All Star season for. But you LA. have to know that like. Jimmy now, Butler and Tobias are yeah. free agents this summer. Now they so, want to get paid. Yeah. So now, him being and he's getting what the fourth most uh, usage rate right now. Mm. Um, yeah. So uh, I think I don't know. Like, like there's just, a love. There's a love personality. Exactly, and that's been a lot of the reason why the Sixers haven't been as successful as their roster has indicated they should be, because there's a lot of figuring out to do. Like it's it's. Hard to see like how this team can fit together because it's a lot of mismatched pieces being thrown together. And exactly. So I think I think um the biggest weakness, even though they're shooting like uh their ninth right now in three point percentage, but the thing is those are gonna that's gonna be harder in the playoffs. So I think the biggest weakness could be a lack of shooting besides uh JJ Redick mm-hmm. since they did give give up Landry Schmidt who closed a lot of games for them. And the guys who they got back like aren't crazy shooters. Like Jimmy exactly. Butler I don't think is a shooter. James Ennis, not a shooter. Jonathan Simmons, not a shooter. Mike Scott, occasionally a shooter, but most of the time not. Boban, yeah. does it even count as a shooter? If he doesn't, if, like, he doesn't need to jump if he's by the rim. So does he count as a shooter? But like, um, also, yeah, with, like, like with the lack, with the lack of shooters, um, we've seen Ben Simmons become unplayable in the playoffs last year against the Celtics, where like you just leave him completely open, and he wouldn't be able to do anything. So I think that could hurt them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there are coaching questions as well. We've seen last year Brad Stevens uh, kill Brett Brown in terms of coaching. I mean, I think agreeably we can say that the Sixers have, out of every all the teams we were talking about, they have the most potential. Yeah. They have the like they have the talent. Like, they, they have, have the most talent. They have the sure. most talent. Like they have the wing depth. They have the players to do it. But that's the thing. Can you see, find guys like Ben Simmons stepping up in the big moments? Can you? See guys like Jimmy Butler sacrificing his ego and letting guys like Joel Embiid have the ball in his hands. And can we have the shooters step up? That's the biggest thing with the Sixers is can they perform to the expectations that, you know, understandably are there for them? Like and will they have, will they be able to smoothly, you know, go through the playoffs and not have any issues? Exactly. Like you can't do well in a first round series like you did last season and run into Boston and be like, oh, 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 we forgot how to play. Yeah. You know, like that—that that just can't happen. But like Philly, they have a shot. Like mm-hmm. I'm not a hundred percent a believer in Philadelphia, but I think, legitimately speaking, they do have a shot. All right. Uh, moving on to Boston, which is in the fifth seed right now. Um, Boston has a forty-one and twenty-seven record. They uh, are eighth in offensive ring and fifth in defensive ring. Uh, so they're also top ten in both offensive and defensive. Which games. would be surprising considering how much turmoil has been happening exactly. with Boston. How many games they've lost? Um, Easy games too. Like yeah. they just didn't they just get beat by the Clippers? They got yeah. slapped by the Clippers. Actually. They're currently sixth right now, three point percentage, which is a very good thing for mm-hmm. them. Um, I think the biggest thing is this year they've had no major moves to the roster. Um, the Thing is, though, with the guys that came back, so Kyrie and Gordon Hayward primarily. Those are, like, the biggest acquisitions. Yeah, so they came back, and I think that kind of threw everything of the loop with the young guys, like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Terry Rozier. And it's understandable, but at the same time, it's like, um, you the, know, the those guys should like those guys should know that, hey, at the end of the day, we're, these guys, Kyrie and Gordon are talented players. We should be willing to sacrifice a little bit, because all good teams have to sacrifice to... For the betterment of winning. Yeah. So, I mean, they do have some great depth um, in theory with Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, 
uh, Jason Tatum. Arguably, they have the best. Out of, out of all yeah. these teams, they have the best depth. Arguably, but that's in theory. And this year, when these guys perform, this year it hasn't really shown it. Except for I think we can point to a Golden State game where we're like, oh, you know, that's their depth at their best. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like they haven't really shown it um, that much. And that's been like their biggest concern. They've been chemistry, like chemistry issues and. All everyone's percentages are down besides Kyrie, uh, Marcus Morris, and uh, Marcus exactly Smart. like like ev- like, and they play up to the competition. Like I feel like when they're playing a team like the Warriors, they'll step up and they'll play exactly. really well. Like you'll exactly. see a good game from Kyrie, a good game from Jason Tatum. You'll see the chemistry looking really good. But then when you see a team like the Clippers, they play like absolute garbage. Like Kyrie doesn't have a great game, Tatum doesn't play well, um, Jalen Brown disappears. Like. It's a big, It's been a major concern all season for this team. It's just that the lack of consistency, the lack of chemistry, and the fact that the team plays so differently when Kyrie's off the court versus when he's on the court. Um, I think the biggest thing is that they do need to fix their issues soon uh, going into the playoffs. However, we know Brad Stevens. We know the Boston Celtics as a whole. Um, they're the same team right now, pretty much. Exactly as, the same team. So... Um, Knowing the guys there that they have in Boston, they will probably, I I believe they'll turn it around. Yeah, like even though they're the player. fifth seed, like yeah, you don't want to face them in the like playoffs. you don't want to play yeah. them. Like I I think that's 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 fair to say. And also they have the arguably the best closer in the league in Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. um, uh, which will be needed since a lot of playoff games are decided you know at in last possessions. So you do have the best closer in Kyrie. But I think this is what like people need to start really realizing about Kyrie Irving. A lot of people are saying that oh Kyrie is this amazing player, which I don't argue with. I don't say Kyrie is not a good player. Very good player. But do I think Kyrie Irving is going to be the best op- the number one option on your championship level team? No. No. And so far it doesn't look like it. Like I don't think you can win a championship. This Boston Celtics team as currently constructed can win no, a championship. Definitely not. I don't think I don't think it's possible. Because there's only it, there's only a certain number of guys in the league, mm-hmm. probably like you can say like five maybe guys in the league that you could win a championship with, with them leading. I think what people are trying to say that like a lot of the season has been Kyrie being compared to LeBron, being exactly. the leader, being the yeah. veteran, being the best player on the team. It's I think it's the all star versus superstar difference. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. bunch of all stars in the league, but there's a handful of superstars. And in people league. are putting Kyrie up at that superstar level, which. He's very close. He's very close. After the 2016 fouls, he's he was very close. Like, but I don't think you close. can. I don't think you, you can win with him as a first. He's offense. a good number two. I think he's like a very good yeah. number two. Uh, but I think Kyrie needs people. He needs another another guy around him if he wants to win a championship. Exactly. So I mean, like overall, I mean, like the Celtics, they are who they are. Like they're they've been struggling this season, but at the end of the day, they have the talent. They have the coaching. They have the. Uh, the tools needed to make a deep playoff run. And exactly. they just need to fix their issues and soon yeah. because the playoffs are literally less than a month away. And then they should be fine heading exactly. into the playoffs. Um, so, flipping, moving on to Western Conference. I think before we get into the Western Conference, personally speaking, who who, who are you leaning towards? If you if you have to pick a conference Toronto. finals... <laughs> yeah. No, if you have to pick a conference finals matchup, who would you pick? Like in the conference finals? The conference finals. finals. Conference Finals, Eastern Conference. Who would you say is going to be in that matchup? Out of I'm all going, these teams? Well, I mean, it depends on seeding. But if, if we're I'm, going with current seeding. If I'm going... um, 
I think it would probably be Toronto versus Milwaukee. I would say. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think I think it would be Toronto versus I, Milwaukee. I I agree. And then Toronto Toronto will make it out of the East this well, year. Okay, let's not get crazy here. <laughs> okay, I I I think it's Toronto. It's either Toronto. Toronto, Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston. I think those are the two possibilities. Exactly. Right now, I'm leaning Toronto, Milwaukee, but uh, I wouldn't and then be. And Toronto's su- gonna come out the East, hopefully. Um, I wouldn't be surprised for Toronto, Boston, but you know, like uh, the East, the East is fun this year, the man. East like, is the fun, East man. is fun. The East is legitimately, legitimately better than. Not the to mention, like, like we didn't even bring up the fact that like some of these teams are gonna have hard times getting out of the first round, like. You're gonna see like Philly going up. I just want to see Philly versus Boston, please. One of them take each oh, other. Oh, please, please, please. But right now it doesn't look like likely because Philly now has a third seed and Indiana. They own the tiebreaker against Indiana. Exactly. So I I'm hope. Just, I mean, like now I'm like I'm a, I'm a the biggest Indiana fan now. I'm just like yo, just just get to the third seed, man. I know. Um, I just want Boston, Boston, Philly to like yeah. take each other. But like, like I'm saying, like some of these teams won't have easy outs. I mean, if, if you see Philly going up against a scrappy Brooklyn team, I can see that game going six or seven. It's a exactly. series. Uh, I'd even say like Toronto Detroit might be a tough series, but I mean we kind of own Detroit. So, I mean we like, do, we, but we like can, Philadelphia, yeah. I mean Boston, Indiana, Indiana plays hard. <laughs> like they they're yeah. very similarly constructed to Boston. Yeah, so they're very good. The East is very fun. Like I think I think it's the most entertaining the Eastern Conference has been. Exactly. But now let's flip it over to the Western Conference. We know that the Mighty Warriors have been. Amazing. They're still on their throne. They have DeMarcus Cousins. They've been struggling this year more than any time during this era. Let's but be like, real. It's boredom. It's it's boredom. Like when you when you when you literally hear Steve cursing, I'm so sick and tired of Draymond shit. Exactly. Like, um, I think I think the biggest thing, um, probably the biggest problem has been integrating DeMarcus Cousins, mm-hmm. which has hit their defense. I think the biggest thing, obviously, probably which will happen is Boogie will start, but then they'll give him minutes for the bench team. And they're also, I think they signed, uh, what's his name, Andrew, Andrew Bogut so for bench de- for depth, and I think that's a really so good I signing think, for Yeah, them. I think so. Boogie's probably going to be with, run with the bench unit um, a lot in the playoffs, mm-hmm. which, I mean, makes sense. So you can have Boogie, like, take all the shots yeah. and destroy the other bench unit. Um, and also, I think... A, Injuries. The main thing, ma- main thing for the Warriors being injuries. Yeah, I think um, KD also didn't didn't exactly. get like some ankle injury. Yeah, so now he's out too. Yeah. So I think if there's one thing that could actually like you know actually ruin the Warriors, it's injuries. Yeah. Um, we saw in 2016 with the Steph Curry injury and then uh, Andrew Bogut. Um, so I think if there's one thing that could legitimately put um Golden State out of the playoffs, it's the injuries. Yeah. But, but let's be real, <laughs> the Warriors have been cruising this entire regular season. Exactly. They don't. They don't care. Exactly. Like they. They literally don't care this season. They're just trying to wait for the playoffs and all this. Exactly. Turn it so I think the discussion becomes who's the second best team mm-hmm. in the West. So the top uh, three seeds after uh, Golden State is right now Denver, Houston, and OKC. So let's start with Denver. Um, right now Denver is Denver is currently forty four and twenty two. They're no- the number two seed in the Western Conference. Uh, they're right now fourth in offensive rating and eleventh in defensive rating. So the Wait. biggest thing with them is that their defense did noticeably fall off from the when the beginning of the season when they were literally killing every single team. I mean, we knew it would fall off, but I think I to think be Paul, honest, Paul Millsap did get injured for a little bit, didn't he? Exactly. So well, I mean, literally everyone on their team got injured at one point. It was yeah. literally they're playing like like their eleventh guys. Um, I think obviously their defense has slipped, but I think for eleventh place for what we predicted this team would be. 11th place on defense is pretty damn good, honestly. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the the Nuggets, they have a good team. I mean, like, roster construction-wise, I think Jokic has been... They they have lots of depth, uh, but they don't have the star power like all the other teams do. I mean, they only have Jokic, who has been playing really well for them. 
but and the question is can Jokic actually lead you exactly in the playoffs uh, yeah exactly I mean like they do have guys like Isaiah Thomas coming back from injury well I mean Isaiah Thomas is out of the rotation now so oh really Mike Malone said he's not gonna play anymore damn so I'd actually think if, I, if I'm, if I'm uh, Mike Malone, I'd actually consider playing him in the playoffs. Okay, but who, he has, who like, are you going to play him over, though? But he has the most experience out of all these okay, guys. Okay, but, but who are you going to play him over? Yeah, that's... Monte, that's Monte Morris Monte has, Morris is really good. He deserves it. He's very good for them. He deserves it. Uh, I mean, it, Craig has let's, been okay, very so good. I guess hypothetically, if one of these guys aren't playing well, uh, he can play the two. Like, let's say like Will Barton and Gary Harris aren't having good games. Put Isaiah at the two. I think that could work, but the, the biggest thing with this Nuggets team is the lack of playoff experience. They don't have outside of Paul Millsap, yeah, pretty much. It's yeah, just Paul Millsap and Isaiah Thomas. Those are the only two guys who've ever been past the first round, or even I think Isaiah went to a conference finals. Well, so did Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap also went to a conference finals in twenty fifteen, and yeah. both got destroyed by LeBron. Yeah, but uh, that's the that's the major issue. So that makes their first round matchup, whatever it would be. A lot tougher, especially in the Western Conference. I think they can make out the first round just for the simple fact that uh, they're gonna have the home court. I mean, their first round matchup is gonna, if the, it starts now, would be likely either the Clippers or the Jazz. I think they can do it. Uh, both are on, tough teams. Both are tough teams, but based on the fact that Denver would have home court, if you're gonna have home court, it's it's hard to play in Denver. You can't. We all know Denver always has a good record every single season, yeah. even if they're good or bad. Just based on the fact that they play in Denver. Yeah, I mean, like they like they haven't been the same on team on the road. Like they, it, it's been true throughout Denver, the Denver Nuggets franchise history. They're they're a good team at home. They're not the same on the road. But and another thing is the defense, like the the defense. We have a lot of questions. I mean, in the playoffs, especially, especially yeah, with you being able to game plan and abuse Nikola Jokic, which I think um, seeing all the breakdowns and stuff, Nikola Jokic isn't. As bad of a defender, to be honest, as people say, it's just slow. He's still, he's still not a good defender, especially in the playoffs where you can game plan for him. And we've seen that firsthand, uh, firsthand with slow centers. Uh, we've seen that with JV, how yeah. he got abused in the playoffs. I mean, it's not their fault. They're just slow footed and they play in. The, but Jokic does so many other good things. Like he, I think he leads his team in every statistical category, Something like that. Or like he's up there. points, rebounds, assists. Uh, I think obviously, obviously the po- positives outweigh the negatives by a lot. So like it's it's not like a knock on Jokic, yeah. but I mean uh, overall, I think with the Nuggets, they lack consistent production other than Jokic, who, who leads them. Like I said, in every major system, a guy like category. yeah, like Jamal Murray, who's he needs to step good, up, but inconsistent. Like, exactly, he needs to be a consistent force. Like I mean, right now they're young too. So yeah, I mean they have time. Nobody expected them to be the two seed in the West, so. Even not if even they, like the first seed, to be honest. Well, even if they get that, bounced, it's not going to be. It's still going to be a successful season. Yeah, like I mean, I think I think obviously, like if you're the two seed and you lose to the seven seed, it's it's going to be looked a little bit bad. But if you can make it like seven games, maybe. Yeah, if it's competitive and you you lose, um, I you think know, it could be successful. It's, yeah, it still be considered. This will still be considered a successful season for the Denver Nuggets, no doubt. But. Like I said, like if the lack of consistent production will be problematic in the playoffs, and that's what that's Denver's biggest Achilles heel. Exactly. So uh, moving on to the Houston Rockets, who, Rockets who are forty-two and twenty-five right now, um, they are as of right now second in offensive rating, and of course garbage in defense at twenty-second. Um, they're obviously first in three-pointers made. Ooh. So. And the biggest thing with the Rockets is that they are finally, for the first time this season, fully healthy. 
And currently, I guess as of the time of this recording, are they're on nine a, game winning they're streak. on a nine game winning streak. Yeah. So they are absolutely destroying teams, and to, to bolster their depth, which was one of their biggest concerns in the beginning of the season, they added Austin Rivers, Iman Shumpert, Kenneth Fareed, Terrence Jones. So now they have some some depth, and you know. They played the the most similar style of basketball to the Warriors. Well, I mean, this year the Warriors have not played like. They, yeah. yeah, but if you think about it strategically, they the, the Rockets shoot the three or they go or they they get to the free throw line. Those that's in, like, that's you know, their better layups and dunks. Yeah, alley oops. Yeah, like nothing in between. It's oh uh, yeah, they play with a lot of toughness. Uh, they brought in more toughness with Kenneth Reed and then obviously guys like CP3. Uh, PJ Tucker, which is a weakness for the Warriors. The Warriors do not like to get pushed around, mm-hmm. and we saw that in last year's conference finals, how the Warriors got pushed around and they were not comfortable, and that was one of the reasons why it won seven games. Uh, yeah. So they are twenty nine and fifteen with Chris Paul in the lineup, and are eleven points uh better uh in net rating with him on the floor as opposed to off the floor. So I think we're really seeing that right now with Chris Paul coming back. Uh, they're a lot better now. They're on their win streak. Uh, James Harden doesn't have to drop like 40 points a game right now for them to win, um, which is a big thing. Uh, you don't want him being exhausted. By no, the no, the I, it's, it's good. I would even consider giving this guy some rest exactly. for the playoffs. And their biggest weakness is that I think they rely so heavily on the ISO ball. I mean, they're 29th in, in assists. So. I mean, it's worked for them in previous seasons. If you can make it work, then it'll be fine. But like we've seen in, in previous playoff series, it's easy to stop in the playoffs. Like it's we, easy to stop, but they still made it work last year. I mean, James Harden is is talented enough that he could pull it off. But CP3 and James Harden made it work last year. So I mean, if you can make it work, then by all means do it. But, but I think promise, it worked because they had guys like Ariza and Gordon exactly, playing at such high is, levels. Which is the biggest thing now. They don't have like good wing depth. So you had Trevor Ariza, which was who was arguably like you can say literally a top five, three and D wing quote unquote in the league. Uh, you lost him. Now you're running PJ Tucker, who was coming off the bench last last year or starting at power forward, uh, up a position, you know. So I think that gives you less options and stuff. Um, I don't know. And I mean, like, just the fact that you have not many contributors besides Chris Paul, James Harden, and Eric Gordon, that might be a problem for the Rockets. But overall, they're playing their best basketball, and you know, they're they're. Let's see what happens. Let's see. Hopefully, is this the year Houston can finally get back to the conference finals and hopefully make it to the NBA finals. Um, yeah, so moving on, um, OKC. Uh, they are currently 41-26 and 26 right now. They're 15th in offensive rating, 4th uh, in defensive rating. Uh, I think they're 1st in steals. Um, yeah, 1st in steals, 1st mm-hmm. in rebounds, or now 2nd in rebounds, and 1st in offensive rebounds. So, they're a very gritty team. We all know that. They're a very good defensive team. Very mm-hmm. athletic. Um, uh, they added Markeith Morris, uh, too, which would help. It's going to help them. I think, he, is he still injured right now, though? Markeith? I think he's still out right now. But, like, in theory, he could help them out a lot. No, he could help. I, I Let me just check if he's even playing. But the biggest thing with the with the Thunder is just how they've been... Paul George has been t- gone to a, next, to a new level. Mm-hmm. He's arguably been playing like an MVP candidate and, and, a, and a defensive player of the year candidate. So this guy has been absolutely they, fantastic. Yeah, dude. overall they play with a lot of energy and are very good defensively. Um, also, I think the biggest thing for them has been the addition of Dennis Schroeder, uh, which has been a very good fit for them, giving uh, Westbrook 
rest and him being able to lead the bench unit, mm-hmm. as well as him being uh, playing off of Westbrook and uh, vice versa, um, giving them like you know rest off ball handling duties. I mean, speaking of Westbrook, I mean he's having his most efficient season of his career, play, uh, like playing off of Paul George's success. I mean he's averaging a triple double for the third straight year. Now, yes, the shooting has been his biggest problem, but the fact that Russell can still get assists, he can still grab rebounds, and still make and an this impact. year, this year. No- He's not forcing it as much. Exactly. Like he, as soon as he saw that, hey, another guy can actually make shots. Let me give him the ball in the. Well, I mean, well after KD left, because I think that's what he learned of when KD left. Well, I mean, like this season, we're seeing in particular just how like he trusts Paul George now to. I think it's just him maturing as a player. Exactly. Exactly. He's maturing, having a good. He's having a great year, besides shooting. But overall, I mean, this team is a very athletic team, and they they they're very tough defensively. Switching is going to be their bread and butter. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be good, especially when they play teams like the Warriors and Rockets who shoot a lot of threes. Exactly. They're going to have a lot of guys who they can throw at KD and Harden. You know, a lot of long long defenders. I think the biggest thing for them is their shooting concerns. Um, they don't have enough knockdown shooters besides PG. Yeah. Um, which that, could hurt them in the playoffs. Um, since they don't, yeah, they don't really have any shooters besides mm, Paul No, Drew. they don't. But I guess that's kind of what they pride themselves on and not being a, uh, a shooting team. But we haven't seen it work so far, like in the last few years of the NBA. Exactly. We, we haven't seen non-shooting teams be successful. So we're going to have to see about that. And also the lack of production offensively from the role players. Like we know they play hard on defense, but can they produce on, off- on offense? Especially in the playoffs. Can we have like a Jeremy Grant play well, play well knock down his shots? Can we have guys like Hamadou Diallo and Terrence Ferguson? Step up and be consistent producers. And that those are all the questions with the Thunder. But overall, I mean, the Thunder, they're a good team. And I think they're going to be a tough matchup for anybody. Mm-hmm. So, I guess the biggest question right now, who who's your pick, I guess? I'm going with Houston, to be honest. You're going with Houston. I like their team. I think they're streaking at the right time. Uh, they're starting to pick it up now. Uh, they have two uh, all-stars and, well, superstar and James Harden, aging all-star and Chris Paul. Uh, they can both get it done. Um, and also, the rest of their team, they added more depth. The rest of their team, they're playing their roles out properly. Um, I think... I think I like the Kenneth Freed acquisition. I think exactly. that was a good one. Uh, I, think, I think I got Houston uh, over uh, OKC just based on the fact that I've seen a lot of times where Westbrook and PG have had issues in the playoffs. Uh, not to mention the fact that we don't know how the role players for... Um, OKC will play. I think we, because we know how the role players on Houston will play, because they're not asked to do much besides play defense and knock down the shots. Uh, in OKC, however, they are asked to do a little bit more, um, which could hurt their offensive production. Since we know Houston all is just about like Chris Paul, James Harden, offensively, and then yeah. like lobs to Capella and stuff. Yeah, I mean, for me, I was at first thinking Houston, but I think right now I'm I'm going with OKC. I think. I like the fact that they're a very gritty defensive team. They have a lot of guys they can switch on to guys like Durant and Curry, and they play really hard defensively. And with Paul George and Westbrook playing at the high level that they're playing now, I think if they can keep us up in the playoffs, I think they're going to be a tough matchup. And I, I, I really like their team. I like what they're doing. Um, it's going to be competitive. The Western Conference is not going to be an easy conference to win in or get to the conference finals. I think the biggest thing this year is that, like, both conferences have been really good this year. This year has been like a really like it's you been know, it's been very it's yeah. been very interesting. Especially, I think it's because 
It's this may be sound a little disrespectful, but without LeBron, the NBA is a little bit better. Like I well, I mean, like I, I, I guess think a little bit more player, competitive. Exactly, competitive. there's more there's more competitiveness. You can see like guys like without LeBron in the East, how much more competitive and how much more fun it is to watch. And even in the West, without LeBron in the playoffs, like we can see other teams shine. We can see them saying, "Hey, we got a shot here." And uh, you know, I'm I look forward to the playoffs, man. Like I want this shit to start now. Uh, but yeah, man, like that. Second best team in the West. Let us know what you guys think, man. Let us, let us know on social media and stuff. What do you guys think? Let's move on to the up and under segment here. I'll, let's start off with uh, on a recent Lakers broadcast. Jeff Van Gundy was talking about the Le- the Lakers should explore trading LeBron James. So are you up and under? Under um, like what the hell are you going to trade the freaking best player? Taken taken from a Raptors fan. Like, I know we can say, oh, LeBron's aging, blah, blah, blah. He hasn't had his best season in a while, blah, 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 blah. Taking from a Raptors fan, we know what LeBron can do, okay? Like, we, we've seen this firsthand every single season for Yo, the past, like, four years. I don't want to be devil's advocate, but I kind of... I, I Look, I'm not going to say they, they should do it, but I'm not going to not say that don't explore it. Listen, I I'm think, just saying... I think they can explore it. And it's like, what would someone offer you for a LeBron James? I, I don't know. They might offer you a lot. If you're the Lakers. Okay, but uh, let's also remember the fact that this is LeBron James. Yeah. A like, proven three-time NBA champion who can pretty much just lead a team And I think if himself. you trade him, I think you would just piss him off. And that will give him even more of a reason to play even harder and destroy everybody. Exactly. So, and, like, it, it's, it brings up the question, like, comparatively speaking, would you trade Michael Jordan as prime if you had him? But I think people are only asking this question because of the fact that the Lakers are just struggling so badly. And But the thing is, like, bro, they weren't even struggling, though. They were, like, what? Third seed. They before were the fourth the in- seed before yeah, LeBron's injury. Before the injuries hit. But, I think after that, it, then but after, after also they like got the, injured. But also the, the whole thing. AD thing... I think I think that was retarded. To be honest yeah. with you, I hope. I hold. Well, I mean, it was wasn't. It was. It was New Orleans who played that perfectly. New Orleans knew they weren't going to trade AD, and they just wanted to screw over LA, which they did. So, well, I mean, like. <laughs> well, Del Del Demps did get fired for it, but yes. like he was like YOLO, whatever. No, I mean either way, man. I don't know, but like, yeah. Moving on. Uh, are you up or under on the NBA handing out? Punishment to James Dolan for the incident with a fan at uh, the MSG. Absolutely, which- I'm up for that one. I am, I am so pissed off at James Dolan just because of the. I fact mean, we that- all hate James Dolan to be honest. Okay, for those who don't know the situation, so apparently a fan who, who was at a Madison Square Garden game was heckling James Dolan, said said to him to sell the team. He wasn't even heckling him. He just literally James Dolan was walking in a tunnel and he was like, "Yo." Solid team. Yeah. And James Dolan kicked him out, and then he banned him from the MSG. And yeah, he was recently banned from MSG. And now I'm thinking of like this. I'm just like, are you kidding me? Especially with all the, with another fan altercation that happened recently. Uh, you're banning this fan for telling you something that is factual, something that you should... And it's not... Is it offensive? It's no. not offensive. He was not using any profanity. He was not disrespectful. He was giving his opinion. Like, I can straight up say it. Like, I've been saying it for years. James Dolan should sell the Knicks. Well, I mean, everyone's been saying it. Exactly. So, it's not like it's something new that James Dolan has never heard. My thing is that you're literally going to ban this guy for, for, for stating the truth. The truth of the reality that you're not doing your job as an owner well. And we've seen it from James Dolan. Uh, two years ago, uh, he didn't let a fan renew his season tickets after he said something about James Dolan. And then also, treating a guy like Charles Oakley, who's a franchise legend... 
throwing him out of the arena, blah, blah, doing what you did to J- uh, Charles Oakley. Uh, I think, like, everyone, especially... I think that was the last straw for everyone to be, like, you know, just... To, like, James Dolan is a garbage-ass owner. So, I think... Oh, no. Like, like the, the, you gotta, honestly, but, man, like... I, Adam Silver's got I think Adam Silver needs to do something. I get it that he works for the owners, but you, at this point, have to protect your product and, and say, look at this, man. Like, this guy is hurting one of your biggest markets. And he just... It's literally the biggest market in the world. Again, it's the biggest the, market it is the biggest the market in the world. And the fact that James Dolan kicked out a fan for doing absolutely nothing wrong, I think Adam Silver should do something. Because yeah, exactly. That's not right. He exactly. didn't do anything wrong. And um, Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Adam Silver, I don't know if he will do something. I don't know because, if he can, to be honest you know, with you. You know, pockets run deep. But well, no, he works for the owners. So. Exactly. But the thing is, too, as you said, you got to protect your product at some yeah. point. With the biggest market in the world... Uh, I I think it's inexcusable to have a garbage team in the biggest market in the world. And apparently this whole incident kind of pissed Dolan off to the point where he's just like, oh, you guys want me to sell the team? Well, now I'm not selling the team. And I'm just like, are you... like My reaction on Twitter well, I mean, was it hilarious. It wouldn't make sense. If I was him, I wouldn't sell you. I mean, six billion dollars you can sell this team for. Yeah, I know. but like, This team can be sold for a lot of money. So I mean, when actually, he's this fan is giving him a good business idea. Hey. Okay, it's... But... Looking at the long term outcome, he would probably make more money. Yeah, if he do, if he did his job right, this team could be worth ten billion. But he doesn't do his job right. Um, I guess moving on. Um, this was not actually written in our notes, but because it recently happened, I'm gonna ask it. Are you up and up or under on how the the whole Russell Westbrook and the whole Jazz fan situation was handled? Um, I'm up. I think I think it got it was handled like as best as it could. So let me give you a little bit of details for those of you who were living under a rock and didn't figure this out. Russell Westbrook being heckled by a jazz fan in Utah, who the jazz fans are notoriously uh, known for throwing, being racist, throwing profanity out yeah. to players, and being disrespectful. And this guy said something very, I guess, very disrespectful in a way. Yeah. Told Russell Westbrook to get on your knees like you're used to. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, Westbrook snapped and he was really pissed. So yeah, he pretty much Westbrook pretty much told the guy he he would f up him and his wife. Yeah, which I mean is understandable. The white part I think is where uh, I would have drawn the line. I would have said like, look, don't don't yeah, say exactly. his wife. But, but yeah, yeah, I think I don't know. Like in in that moment, it's hard to like control yourself and stuff. And at least Westbrook didn't jump up into stands and like start punching the guy. <laughs> like Loki, if that would be me, I'll, I'll, I'll no mouth in the like, palace yeah. this time. Um, so. What happened was the NBA did find uh, Westbrook 25K and then the Utah Jazz um, banned a, a fan from for life. Also, because that fan actually was interviewed and he said that he didn't say anything wrong to Westbrook. Uh, he all he, he was having fun with him saying like, oh, you should ice those knees. And yeah, and but I, when I heard is, that, I'm just like, they did an investigation you, too and they yeah, uncovered like, his, did you see his Twitter and stuff too? So yeah, like, like they uncovered that he's been tweeting racist things on Twitter. Like, yeah, so... Uh, I mean, I think they handled it as best as they could. They can't really... I like how quick it was. Yeah. I like how it was... Uh, the Jazz took fact. They took, looked at video evidence. They uh, asked people what happened. And they got the right story. And I think banning this guy from for life is the right thing to do. Because at the end of the day, if for these stupid fans ruin the experience for all of us fans, when we go to an NBA game, we want to be able to enjoy the experience of that product. And we yeah. don't want that to be taken away from us because of your stupidity. Mm-hmm. So when you do something like that, it looks bad on all of us yeah. and it ruins it for everybody else. Yeah. Um, I think moving on, uh, are you up or under on the Warriors keeping Dream on green after next season? 
I am under. I think uh, the Warriors, they're in a cap situation at this point. They they, they need to, especially if they want to keep KD and, and Clay. I think they need to get rid of one guy. And I think Draymond, because he's, of his lack of production, his decline and all the other stuff, I think it just makes sense that the Warriors move on and try to recoup some value for Draymond, whatever value he has left. And also... It's he's gonna command. He's gonna command a huge contract too. So I don't think you can pay him that. Yeah, like, like I, I would, I wouldn't pay him. Like I think it's better off that you try to uh, move him or try to get some recoup some assets for him. But yeah. I, I wouldn't keep him on the Warriors. Um, I guess the next thing is, are you up or under on Luka Doncic still being the consensus rookie of the year? Now Trey Young has been playing amazing since the All Star break. And DeAndre Ayton has quietly put up a very good rookie campaign. He's being I don't well I don't know why Phoenix isn't giving him the ball more and stuff because he's he's a monster. There's brother. a lot of questions about Phoenix. Okay, yeah, that's true. But he's a, he's being a monster this season, so like I don't know. Um, in terms of the question, I think I'm under. Mm. Um, consensus, I still have him as my rookie of the year, but consensus, I'm under on that because I don't think he's consensus anymore with the way Trey Young has been playing after the All Star game. After but I guess the game. argument could be made that Luca has been consistent all year, with Trey just recently started up strong. Exactly, but the thing is, hype is gonna hype is gonna you know take its train. I don't so, know. Would they consider co rookie of the years? Okay, but co rookie only of the year only happened when uh thing what it was when Grant it was Hill and Grant Hill and uh, uh, Jason Kidd. Yeah, so like the votes were completely split because otherwise they should have had a co rookie of the year for Donovan Mitchell and Ben. Simmons. Now it's impossible for but, them like, to do it. Yeah, it's so, impossible. yeah, so. They can't. They don't do cold rookie of the years. It was only that Grant Hill and Jason Kidd were literally split down the middle. But I think consensus consensus rookie of the year. I don't think that's he's not consensus for me anymore. Bro, I'm still. But he's still he's still my rookie of the year. Bro, I'm still on the Luca hype train, bro. Let's get it. Um. Uh. Also, okay. Moving on. Are you upper under on Dwayne Casey throwing all the shade at the Raptors? Bro, I'm hella under on this one. Like, this guy's talking about how, like, when you walk into the building of Detroit, you see those three championships, the Raptors never tasted that. I'm like, you know that part of the reason why the Raptors never tasted a championship was because of your coaching, right? Because LeBron outcoached you. LeBron, the player, outcoached exactly, you. Exactly, Like, you, you're basically, Phil Handy on Instagram commented, you're basically insulting yourself. Exactly. Because you were the coach of that team. Exactly. You were one of the biggest reasons. And Phil Handy was on Cleveland's coaching staff exactly. while LeBron was beating us. Exactly. Like, um, I think the biggest thing, too. Come on, if man. You, if you heard um, uh, Danny Green's uh, podcast, Inside the Green Room. Shout out to Inside yeah. the Green Room. So, Serge Ibaka was there, and I, he said one of the biggest things was, for them, um, compared to when they had Dwayne Casey, now they not that they have uh, Nick Nurse. Um, he was talking about how when a team went small or a team went big, they would wait like ten minutes uh, to change their lineup to match the other team, and that would like just create havoc because like the other team would start to get hot, and by the time you switched your lineup after like ten minutes, the other team was already on a roll. So I think he was talking about that like. How Dwayne Casey wouldn't ever adjust on time, which as Raptors fans, it's been his, it's been, it's one of his biggest flaws. I think his lack of just in game in game adjustment adjustment that was his biggest issue. Everything else, he's a fantastic coach, and I still highly respect Dwayne Casey. In well, I mean, offensively, he had a bunch of issues too. No, but, but he's I think as an overall like player developer, he's a very good coach. Well, I, yeah, development, yeah, he's very good. He developed. is a very good coach, and but, I think. But I think, yeah. That's a big part of that, his issue. So now he was talking about, Serge Buck was talking about how now under Nick Nurse, so whenever another team literally goes big, 
they switch right away. They go big to match up. They go small to match up. Unlike last year where they would wait like ten minutes until they matched up. Yep. I mean, like either way. I mean, Dwayne Casey. I guess he's still salty about the way that things ended with the Raptors, which. I guess it's understandable, but come on, man. If DeMar's like, moved yeah. on, you got to move on, too. Exactly. Man. And, like, they were supposed to go to finals last year. They were they supposed looked, to. They got outcoached by LeBron. Man. Like, you can't get swept two years in a row by LeBron. Exactly. Oh, man. And even, like, when LeBron doesn't have Kyrie, you can't do that. No, man. Ah, man. Whatever. Uh, Raps make it to the finals this year. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, I think the best way we can end, it, end this off is... Are you up or under on this season, this Lakers season, hurting LeBron's legacy as as his GOAT status? Um, I think I'm up, but slightly. I think, like, yeah, this does hurt his status as, like, you know, his case to be all-time, like, GOAT. But in the long run, I don't think we're going to really remember this season. Because going into the season, we, had, we knew that this season was kind of like a throwaway. And even I think LeBron knew that, too. Uh, they didn't have... It was just LeBron that came in. So, I don't think he really had any championship expectations. So, I think we all kind of knew the season going in was a throwaway. Even though we expected them to do a lot better. But with the injuries piled up and everything like that. And then the chemistry issues. um, I don't think it was really that. It's not really as bad, to be honest. I think it'll hurt him. But not... Like, looking down the road, I don't think it'll really do much. It'll it'll be a stain, but not, not... it won't be anything much. Uh, I mean, I think it depends on what LeBron does from here on out. Like, I, if LeBron doesn't win another championship, I think this is going to be a big flaw. Obviously. On sure. his legacy. Playing because, in L.A. Yeah. No, because you you had all your success in the East, but once you moved West, you, you can't make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You can't lead this team to the playoffs. And I get it. You got injured. It was the first time you got injured in your career. Well, second time. Well, this was, like, one of the big major injuries yeah. over the last decade. Yeah. But, like, come on, man. Like, you're the best player in the world. You have to be able to lead this team. Mm-hmm. This team can't be this that bad where you're losing by 20 to the Chicago yeah. Bulls last night. Well, you know? they like, won. Luckily, they won the game, but, uh, like, you th- that shouldn't be happening if you're the Well, goal. I mean, I think for LeBron now, it's about, like, the clock actually starts next season. Because this season was a throwaway, to be honest, in my opinion. Well, it but shouldn't next, have been, but I guess now it is. It well, I mean, they weren't going to win anything realistically. They should have made it to the playoffs, at least. Okay, but Minimum, they should have made I it to the playoffs. I think it was injur- injuries. Injuries, yes. Uh, but I think they should have made it to the playoffs, but... But, yeah, so I think it actually... Clock actually starts next season. Yeah. Um, Especially if... Clock's ticking. If... if and well, I, I think not even on LeBron, but like guys like Magic Johnson and Rob. Yeah, Parker. I mean, if they're they already get, under the hot seat. Yeah, if they don't get anything this year, I think you'll seriously have to question like whether or not like these guys could get the job done. Exactly. Which I think, I, even for me personally going in, when Magic Johnson got hired, everyone was like, oh, Magic Johnson is going to lead them to championships and stuff. I was like, where's the proven like track record? I know he did great stuff with like the Dodgers and everything, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know, like... You can't... Great players never... <laughs> never be good executives. Exactly. Look at Michael Jordan. Oh, Look at... um. But he's an owner. That's a little different. Okay, but when he was an executive, when... Well, like, what was he? Like, part executive in Washington or whatever. I don't, I don't know what he was doing. Whatever he was. Like, and Michael Jordan is a pretty hands-on owner, too. So, it's like, at the same time... Like, I don't know. You can't You can't just see a great player and crown him as, like, an amazing uh, executive. Yeah, I mean... And if this is as hard as anything, it's that... Uh, a LeBron-led team needs 
support. Like you need to give this you guy. Can't, help. You can't just exactly, especially at what he's what he's gonna be. What's he gonna be next year? Thirty five. Thirty five. Seventeenth season. You can't expect this man to be leading a team by himself. Like you're no. gonna have to be able to get some help for this guy. But yeah, man. We'll see. I mean, I I think at this point we can. It's it's fair to say that LeBron he can no longer catch Jordan. Is that I think it's fair. Right? Well, I mean, if he won, if he somehow won like three chips, I would put him over Jordan. If he won three chips, well, <laughs> but it's not likely. I don't know if that. Well, I mean, anything's possible, but yeah, I I, time, I I think that chip is sailed. I think uh, Michael is now leaps and bounds ahead of LeBron. I mean, I would put Michael number one. Michael's number one, and LeBron has to accept the fact that he's the number two. Yeah, because um, if well, like, had this he season been like three. had this season been successful, hey. Maybe we would be considering him a little bit more, but but I mean I think I don't know LeBron does have until his contract to try and prove other if he can somehow win hey, like three championships. Not saying it's years. impossible, but and especially or if he even wins like one or two depending on his competition. I mean if, I he, think, if he wins two, I think I think it's consideration. I think it's consider- you have five then based based on competition. So a team like Golden State, if he beats them once even or twice, then I think you legitimately have. An argument there about both. I mean, we'll see. We'll find out. I mean, and with that, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, definitely leave it a like. Subscribe to all the various podcasting platforms. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Audio Boom, Google Play Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, yeah, so wherever you get your podcasts, we'll be there. Uh, subscribe there for all the latest content. Also, follow us on social media. We're Twitter at up n under pod. That's up letter n under pod. Follow us there, Twitter and Instagram, for the latest updates. And whenever we post we post an episode or our latest reactions when, when news comes out. So, yeah, follow us there. And as always, guys, we'll see you all in the next episode. Take it easy. easy.